0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of By The Numbers, I'm your host Richard Lewis, he's Duncan Thor and Shields, Sam's pressing the buttons, it's just business as usual really. And if you thought like the last episode was a fucking slow news week, fucking hell we're struggling today. I almost thought like, we should just not do it. Because, like, straight up, like this this is going to be stretched unbelievably thin. I think we've got about three stories to talk about.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, though, Rich, when you've set the reasonable expectation that something's going to happen and you're an industry professional, I believe you should deliver on it, unlike Refresh, who've cancelled Blast Portugal (laughs) in doing so, violating everything they promised within their interviews, quite frankly, looking like they didn't have a business plan. And if you look at the order of things, making themselves seem incompetent. I like it. Four stories we've got to talk about
0: now. Um, good job, though. And also mention the refreshment first minute this time. Yeah, so. I know. It's all, our greatest hits in many ways. Uh, so, look, um, obviously, uh, shout out uh, to the sponsors. And they're going to be giving away a factory new Ursa Slaughter. Now, again, I'm not a skin guy. I'm led to believe that's a nice skin. I know oh, Sergeant Slaughter.
1: He was pretty good. He was. He was. <laughs> Another the reference from thirty years ago. Yeah, well, I've, I've ruined Wars, myself me. by actually noticing that. Yeah. I should never have noticed that trend of like, oh, oh, the fact that everything is from up to about ninety-five. That's the what was range. the
0: one from Robot Wars where they basically stole our wrestler's name? But is it was it Sergeant Slaughter? What do they call the robot? But from Robot Wars, it no was like um... General Slaughter or something, wasn't it? yeah well it was circular bot yeah that
1: was a very famous sergeant player. bash yeah. people are saying it might
0: be him sergeant bash yeah and then <laughs>
1: well i could never understand it there are was you... a slaughter in there Yeah, I at least, like, like yeah. so the most famous one the cool one at least was like an actual like axe thing you know and the rest of it was there. the ones i never understood was like that the was most Sir basic bot, yeah. design that you could basically win with is you just have some sort mm. of fucking circular saw that just has yeah. wheels and then unsurprisingly some daft little cunt and his dad who's <laughs> made one that's just like Look, ours, <laughs> ours has a little thing that pops out. It's like, well, oh, I've got man. a circular uh, soil, uh, you daft cunt. I tell that shit Honestly, I just want
0: to... You have to say, right, like the people who brought in the robots that just had the flippers. Oh, man. Like, you, all it all did was flip you over. Yeah, They were just trying to fucking cheese
1: it. Like, fuck those cunts. Like, who do you think you're fighting turtles, you don't fuck? You fight another robot, you have to destroy them. I'd have a straight flown for a man. No, obviously, yeah, you weren't. My kids had... in with no fucking eyebrows on. You just have you just have loads of drill bits coming out of it. That's what I'd have, but surrounded in rotating drill bits wherever you go I'd like to see Sam's entry. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Mister Davies, we can't actually enter your nail bomb uh, like suicide bot. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually yeah something of a hazard. Yeah. Yeah. But it's one though! <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. Craig Charles looking
0: like fucking pinhead. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh, well, robot fighting. one! Right, Eddie. <laughs> Your math. But anyway, um, uh, and just oh, to link. Oh, did you
1: see? By the way, just to just. <laughs> All right, to we're still going to robot. It's no problem. So we're fucking up. I'm down. Math. Whatever. A great yeah. meme I saw line In line of the Hellraiser one, someone had a picture right where it was that thing that builds bathwater. And then it just shored all the fucking Cenobites from Hellraiser and they go, you opened it, so we came. It like... <laughs> That's fewer who whoever came up with that. That is fewer uh, matter.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say as well, like Linkin Robot Wars, what we were talking about at the start of the show about cancerous fandoms, like some of the fucking man children, that, that, oh, that was the sign of impending societal <laughs> collapse. Cause I, I remember like distinctly, there'd be episodes, you know, where there'd be like some 40 year old fucking virgin Who's like, robot had just got wrecked by some 12 year old kid, <laughs> and like, they just wouldn't be able to handle the defeat. Like, they just couldn't take it. Like, oh, he's Craig been Charles. flipped. <laughs> yeah, Vulcan yeah, you, Craig me. Charles. Well, you know, you had all them, uh, you had that nail bomb and all those bits, yeah, but you just got flipped by a 12 year old kid. How do you feel? And like, just so a fucking insult, like, full mauled in, like, absolutely out of his mind. I spewing the Marade. Full spewing. Brilliant, like, perfect. Hell of a show. This should bring it back. Uh, Anyway, uh, as we said, slow news week. Um, you have to realise that is,
1: by the way, legit. My secret dream for the future of esports. What robot like, was the easiest thing ever? It's where it's just me and you on Dave doing a mystery surprise three thousand style <laughs> review of old Charles' guys. <laughs> Great <laughs> <laughs> exactly. From TBS oh, to It's, pretty, yeah, to yeah, it's not going to be a good TV channel, of course. Uh, it's gonna really be the only well, thing well, that first know. exclusively premieres yeah, on Dave. Exactly. <laughs> the only exactly. thing that isn't a I was realistic. We were it to you, know.
0: No, that's fair, like, that's fair. Like, we'll probably be doing that in about oh, 10 dear. years. You have got a point, like, e sports memories. <laughs> <You> remember us? <laughs> <laughs> they were like fucking tweed yeah. jackets on or something. God, that would be awful. Um, anyway, right, let's do it. Let's let's get some of these new stories. There's
1: actually out. more stuff than you about, remember, though, because there's a Blast Portugal one. There's one, right?
0: Well, come on, then. You've got a hard on for the Blast Portugal. I, I'd sure. totally forgotten about it because it's like let me explain why I didn't even put it down in the doc when I was like looking at the um, at the stories to talk about on the show. Uh, well, I mean, look, it just makes sense. Like, like I think Portugal has like a really good esports scene in the sense that it's you know it's the classic. You know, the fans will turn up.
1: Speaking They'll of mental fandoms,
0: no, no, that that Portuguese are great. I mean, uh, you know, our, the XL party lands that we used to have in source were always like pretty well received pretty well attended um you know like sort of again walk that line between it was a LAN and there'd be some com- competitive elements there but typically it was more about you know having a party and everything sure. else um and the fans were great um never never had any issues they, they they even though there was like Portuguese teams playing in this in source if you remember you know there were some vaguely competitive portuguese players and portuguese lineups uh, including fragmasters sapphire uh back in the day which had some good players on it um but they never got carried away they always knew that you know they're probably not you know you might get a top three but generally if a very games or whoever the fuck decides to attend you know you're gonna get (coughs) battered and and they would all get behind the team that won they they were good lands and uh, you know i think i think it's an underserved region but I think it's an underserved region for, for a reason. If you've ever been to to Portugal, I have many times, it's a hell of a place. Um, the infrastructure is still a bit lacking uh, for like networking and, you know, in terms of, you know, cabling and internet. Um, and, you know, t- technical problems aren't, uh, you know, an, an, something that doesn't happen often, you know, they're quite frequent. Um, and you're just not gonna, because of the way the, the economics of it works, you're just not gonna make money from serving to that region i mean whenever we talk about underserved regions in esports right we're talking about the regions that aren't profitable basically and i just think it's you know it's sort of a no-brainer like i I almost don't even like i can't blame the blast you know they're going through sort of changes uh they really need to start cutting back and sort of getting a bit more cash efficient they must have lost a fuck ton of money
1: on the blast la it said that uh, well, this is for last year, but just to corroborate yeah. that, it said in the information when the financial rep- receipts or whatever reports got brought out for last year that mm. they'd lost, uh, refreshed the company had losses of um, seven million US dollars, roughly. Yeah, for last I mean year that's. Alone.
0: So you can you imagine, know, it,
1: again, for people who don't know, you don't make money putting on events like this typically. So if you're running a lot of events, and obviously they were planning on running like eight tournaments this year or something, you're gonna, that's going to fucking cost you a lot. So it doesn't matter that. This is why, this is the ultimate trick of esports, isn't it? It doesn't matter how much money you lose. As long as the crowd is going mad in the stadium, people's brains go like this. Well, there was crowd in the stadium. They must have made loads of that and then do this. It's like, I saw a thing today, just as a quick aside, right? where I make the mistake, right, of doing this, where what happens is on Reddit, I always sign up to subreddits because I'm interested in the topic and I just want it in my feed, you know, like when the new information comes out, I don't have to hunt that interview down. But then I'll always make the inevitable mistake of seeing an interesting piece of news and then seeing there's some comments and going... Oh, I'll have a click on this. Even though esports should have trained me, well, what are you gonna see there? It's just a bunch of people who don't know any more than you, like maybe even less, just speculating on nothing. But I always do it for the ones that are my like hobbyist interests, and then I'm always disappointed when I find the same experience all over the internet, which is it's a bunch of people who don't know anything just speculating out their asses. So I'll give you a quick example of how everyone yeah. is in every field. Right, because I've I've made the mistake of following the Oasis subreddit, right? Just because I want to know if either of those ever put any music out. I don't want to have to put right, right. them down or whatever. I just want to see it, it's on my thread. So if you ever go in there, by the way, it's an absolute train wreck. Like As opposed to what you would expect naively, like this must be a group of people who like all the members of Oasis and appreciate all their music output. No, no. The whole place is now divided into a religious war over whether people prefer Neil, <laughs> Noel, or Liam <laughs> Gallagher. Oh, even though that. they are literally <laughs> fandoms. And again, like really i can't imagine a world in which you could dislike either if you like one personally but that's just me right yep. so anyway in the thread right people were talking about the fact that like oh what you know Noel gallagher said he'll sell the masters to oasis to the highest bidder and then some random guy just goes like ha imagine if liam buys it which by the way if you know anything about where liam gallagher's probably at financially that is a ludicrous premise And, <laughs> and, and but morons were all upvoted for saying like what do you mean it's ridiculous he could buy them? Haven't you seen him sell out arenas? It's like, how much do you guys think they make from selling one arena? Like, that's the artist as well, by the way. The artist who gets the smallest cut of everyone. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The idea that selling out <coughs> anywhere is getting him a lot of money. Like, people don't live in the real world. That's like the 70s you guys are thinking of. Like, it's the same with esports tournaments, though. Like, you are not going to make much. It doesn't matter how many people are in the crowd. You're going to have 50,000 people in the crowd. What do you think you're making from that? Very little. So I get what you mean. It makes perfect sense. But the point is, Richard, I'm not the one who went out there swinging my big dick in all the fucking interviews. True. Telling everyone True. that it didn't matter that, you know, Australia skipped tournaments because everyone would play five out of seven tournaments. There will no longer be seven tournaments. Like That's a pretty yeah. big deal to me, you know, if, especially when you're the company that was basically angling to take over CS and you've already fucked up. Step one, you first ever chance at running a circuit, you've already fucked it up. What? You're yeah. only running in yeah, day events. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I, look, I know what
0: you're saying. I'll, I'll fucking bang on the blast all fucking day. I don't give a fuck. I'll bang on refresh all day. Um, You know, again, this is like a classic thing where it's like you, you have to sort of learn humility as you go along. And for example, you know, a, a famous example I'm sure we've talked about before is like, remember when Gfinity first came in? to uh doing uh events and and remember they said to us oh we're gonna knock it out the park we're gonna do this we're gonna do that we're gonna do that no one's gonna have seen anything like this before they get into the event and it's all going wrong and they're like holy fucking shit we just got to get this event over the line let alone like innovate and fucking you know you know and it's like they learned from that like yeah you really gotta walk before you can fucking fly refresh you know they're not the kind of people that are gonna actually be humble and, and kind of learn so yeah it's great to give them some licks but in terms of if, if they ever want to sort of stabilize and, and get to um you know get to a point where you know they can run a, a, a profitable circuit you got to eschew events like that I, I you know it sucks for the Portuguese fans but it's just it's just a reality it, it, it's that there's just no money going to be coming out of that region for a while and um and that that's why international tournament organizers aren't going to be placing tournaments in portugal despite the fact you know it's a great location in a lot of ways um but unfortunately from an infrastructure perspective it's just a little bit too far behind and and because of course as well with everything that happened with the eurozone economically you know because you have right so uh, just a link to something i'm working on at the moment right the the past few weeks before i get into the nip thing uh, which I've like I say, I've been laying all the parts of the NIP story out, but I'm doing um I've been transcribing interviews from people who work in the Overwatch League at all levels. So I'm doing like a real deep dive sort of behind the scenes of the Overwatch League, which is gonna be super popular. All of the incels over on competitive overwatch are gonna love that. He just made up hundreds of quotes, he's made it all up, he must be making it up, he doesn't have this level of access, no
1: the you best know, was uh, the one where the guy implied that because you didn't name who the source <laughs> was, like, yeah, classic. That, Love that it must just be like, so, like, like. Here's the real statement the guy was trying to make. He was trying to imply because you'd said it was anonymous source, which just means it's a relevant source, but it's anonymous. They yeah. were trying to imply like could be his fucking milkman or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, I mean, technically, I guess. But what would the fucking relevance be? You know, yeah, the sad exactly. thing about that, right? Is it the real reason why those people, this is what a fan might not get, are contemptible, is because mm-hmm. the entire doesn't even need. To be stated given premise of being a journalist who uses anonymous sources, is saying, I am literally willing to put my entire track record on the line. I'm basically like one of those cops in America where there's those weird laws where, you know, like in the movie Insomnia, where the whole reason the main yeah. cop, Al Pacino, doesn't want to get caught is because then all of his cases will get reviewed and potentially those people will be put back on the street because if mm. it's deemed that he fixed evidence or something in one case... In one then case, will, the, yeah, the rest will get overturned. Exactly. It's the same premise. Like The whole point is we don't have to literally a debate with you why every single quote's right. We're gambling it all. The second any of it comes out and he's shown to have lied or proven that he made stuff up, then everything is in question. By the way, rightly so, even though a lot of it independently could be correct. Yeah, that was the premise that was holding it all together. So I don't think fans realise, like going with the angle of like, ah, maybe you're just lying. It's like, you're going to need a lot of evidence to come with them because that's an extremely like important statement to make against someone whose entire premise is, I'm not lying.
0: So when I when I um, so what I was doing was I was I'm breaking down the money uh, aspects of it because lots of people that are in the league are basically sort of saying like it definitely hasn't been the bill of goods we you know we were sold right like we're we're not you know we're not making money we're actually hemorrhaging cash um, so I I went in and I wanted, and and I went back to that fucking Morgan Stanley report right the famous. My favorite. Yeah, the one the I wish, I wish one. so
1: badly—I've said this so many times—I know for legal reasons why nobody with any kind of clout can leak that sort of a thing. You'll probably instantly fucked up, but <laughs> it's it's the it's the one of all the numbers I've ever seen behind the scenes, which is the one I I just wish so badly it was leaked. I well, would so love for fans to see what that was like.
0: I'm I'm going to include some of it in the report because I think it's relevant from a historical perspective, and it's a 2017 report now. People have already bought in. I just, I don't think
1: the projection was the part that killed me, mate. I mean, first of all, the base case was a lie, but the projection is even back then, this is the sad thing people will think, but back then, or maybe back then that was reasonable. It wasn't. I remember reading this back then and thinking like either, and this was possible. I left a little 10% chance, right? Maybe there's some secret thing. I don't know about the Overwatch League that actually means there's some mechanism whereby it's going to be straight fire and go off. But if it isn't, then this is an absolute lie. It's a barefaced lie. Yeah. Like, like, you would have had to even cook the original number you started with to get to where this lie was. That's how outrageous it was.
0: So, so and this is how it links to what we're talking about with the blast, right? So, one of the things in this report was that you're going to make money off uh, ticket sales from events. And in their case that they put forward to all these venture capitalists to invest in the Overwatch League, they said there would be eight mini tournaments a year which would attract 18,000 live attendees. 18,000 live attendees for three days at a time, eight times a, a year, and they would all be paying $25 a ticket. Right now. I think
1: of the scale of that. Right.
0: Let me put it in uh, some context for everybody. In South Korea, when they had the world finals for League of Legends in the country where it is unquestionably the most popular game, uh, they, uh, they had 23,000 for the finals in a stadium. You know, you're not doing that eight times a year with the most popular video game. And if you want to go back two years when they had it at the Staples, it was only what, like, was it 11,000 in the end?
1: It wasn't that many. Like, here's the thing. It looked great inside the arena, but like every arena, you know, like a, a, I'm going to guess at least a, a fourth was cut off for the stage, you know, that sort of thing. And then even then, you know, you saw the odd empty seat.
0: Yeah. So the the idea ever I not remember Overwatch Porch,
1: is nowhere close in terms of viewership no, of course or live no, of course viewership course as not. League of Legends. Of course not. We, you know, it's not even on that level.
0: So, so, and, and they considered in this report like twenty five dollars to be like of good that that's great value for tickets. That's like, an, you're not selling a twenty five dollar ticket in Portugal. You're not selling a twenty five dollar ticket in most of the world, honestly. Um, it's just not only America.
1: I think of that you probably that you'd get away with that for.
0: Yeah, and it would have to be in esports. It would have to be a special event. Like yep. I don't mind paying like fifty dollars, eighty dollars for like a concert ticket or something like that, right? 25 dollars to for, for an eSports event when you consider the demographic I think we're still a ways from that being the norm so so to speak um and very often when you see all these record-breaking numbers being announced what they're not telling you is the tickets were either super cheap discounted in some way or free you know like that that's what they don't tell you
1: so, oh, by the way, uh, one thing that does drive me a bit nuts, and I realize this is never going to change just for esports. I'm sure every uh, event in the world scams a little bit like this, but I mm. do get tilted when I see events brag about their event being sold out, and I know they gave like a thousand tickets away for free.
0: Well, again, Overwatch did that for Dallas, right? It was like you could, there was a. Because uh, <clears throat> what you're doing
1: there like... is the lie of omission. You're making the person believe 10,000 tickets were sold. It's like, you make them believe it was the 10,000. You haven't said it explicitly. You, you are using misdirection. But to me, it's a lie as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. I mean, <coughs> you know, it was like, what was it they did for the Dallas uh, homestand event thing where it was like, you go into a GameStop around the corner, buy like a $5, not even a 5 like buy a chocolate bar, any purchase, and you got a free ticket. So it's like, you know, and then, and then they're going, hey, look, we sold out for two days back to back. First of all, first live event in a while for Overwatch. Second of all, it's in a region where, yeah, esports is popping off. Third. And that
1: two of the most popular teams is the Dallas one. Yeah, like, yeah two of yeah. the most oh, absolute yeah. popular teams in the league.
0: Yeah, two most popular teams in the league. And then on top of that, you also had this deal going with GameStop, a li- GameStop literally around the corner from the venue where you can go and get like a ticket effectively for free because they were literally giving them away with any purchase. And obviously as we know in the overwatch and indeed in any esports thing the amount of like if you think fifa are bad for giving away free fucking tickets like or you wait for a bad for giving away free fucking tickets for football events you should see what the percentage is in esports it's fucking everyone's friends like everybody all the super fans you got to get them there so the idea that uh, the 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 Blast and Refresh were ever going to make money on it, but an event in Portugal is absurd. So cutting it from the tour makes sense to me. The question then becomes, were, were any promises made at the time? You see, this is what I, I I don't know, so I'll ask you. Were any promises made at the time that that was going to be, like, definitely on the calendar? People might have been getting ready for it the following year or whatever? Or, or was it just like, you know, because the one thing I'll say about the, the circuit is... I don't think it's particularly well planned out in advance like we still don't know what's going on next year we know they're expanding we don't know what that looks like and and every time they drop an event it's it's not really a circuit is it what they're doing is they find a major city in the world and they send a logistical team out there and they go yeah we can do this and probably turn a profit and they go yep well next stop on the tour is moscow and you're like wait if it was a tour you would have this all planned through the year and you will be announcing things in advance what you mean is you found a cheap stadium in in a big city you've crunched the numbers and you think you can turn a profit on it
1: what that's I would what that's what it really is is in light of the fact that they publicly said the whole thing of everyone will play five events. And remember, Mm -hmm. the whole premise they added, again, you're right, they didn't even say this at the beginning, they added it as they went, was that there'd be this big final in Copenhagen. You know what's so suspicious about all of this, Richard, is that every single thing they add comes right after criticism for not having that thing. So, for example, when everyone said about Blast right after they'd done a whole bunch coming into this year, Problem with Blast, of course, is too many events. It's not a serious event. No, no, there'll be a grand finals with bigger prize money that this circuit will build into for the teams that go. All right, interesting. There's a reason why that would make sense. Thing is, yeah. though, closed circuit, not it? No way to qualify. No, no, we're actually going to fuck up that whole five out of seven <laughs> thing by allowing local teams to play in events, even though logically and logistically, that should be the teams that we've contracted so they can play their five out of seven event. It's like every time. <laughs> it's like Riot style, where if you don't know, Riot literally, as a company, instantly meet the requirements of, like, the qualities that make up a narcissist because they can never admit they're wrong. When they do something wrong, it's your fault that they did it when they make a correction to what they did wrong, it was never wrong in the first place. They'd already, before you told them it was wrong, understood it was wrong, even though it's still not quite wrong. It was just misguided and a mistake and they've corrected it. And actually you should give them credit because even though you're the reason they changed it, they were already planning on changing it anyway. Therefore, why should you get, it's like like the, the level of mental gymnastics they'll go through to never appear wrong, as far as I can tell internally as well, it makes you just like have no hope for the future. So it, even though it's the Blast sort of, haven't yeah. worked, it's egregious, they've certainly started down this path with the, the approach <clears throat> to make.
0: Yeah, it, it sort of links again to this whole fandom thing. I, you know, I, I think there's this weird thing going on just in big companies in general, where it's like we're moving away from, I, I don't know, I'd say like 10 years ago, the prescribed plan with PR was always you kill a problem with silence. We don't address it. Or if you do address it, you put out a a mea culpa, you you apologise unreservedly, um, and, and you just power and you power through with a bit of contrition and transparency. These days, what you have is um, the uh, you know this situation where if you're a big games developer, you can never be wrong. You can never be wrong. Activision Blizzard. No, 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 no. We didn't fuck up Starcraft. No, that was everybody else. You know, we didn't. We didn't fuck up *Heroes of the Storm*. That was everybody else. We're not running the *Call of Duty* franchise into the ground. No, no, no. That's somebody else. Somebody else. EA. You know? Nah, they're they're not loot boxes. They're surprise mechanics. They're not predatory. It's not gambling. Like they, they, it just every time they, you know, *Riot* in particular are like, no, you know, it, it's fine to fart in your employees' faces at at work. And we we've had a word with them and said you probably should tone down the farting. You know that's fine. That's just another day in Riot Games. What, what do you mean? It was a tweet the other day. They can day. never be wrong, no matter how <clears throat> fucking obviously egregious it is, and 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 they will they will they will stand by it to the end, to the end of time. And it's because... Oh, unless like,
1: it, here's the, here's the other move as well, Richard. The only time they'll admit they did something wrong is if is if the person they've decided to skip got is now fired. They love that move of like that was old people were there mm. like that's the only time i noticed still like basically blame can only ever leave the company it can never exist within it
0: oh yeah i think i think you definitely if you work for a big games company now or a tech company the first thing you get is like just a handbook and it's just called joseph Stalin managerial techniques and you just go through and it's like you know uh joseph Stalin said no man no problem yes 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 <laughs> then you go down and it's the death of a man is a tragedy the death of a million men is merely a statistic mm, oh, wait yeah i see uh, mass layoffs it makes sense this is perfect and edit them out of the photos perfect yeah love it like it is it is you know this is their managerial style all the all the meanwhile putting out this idea that they're geniuses you know like yeah. Riot games, you know how Joseph Stalin used to teach in schools? The answer to every scientific question was Joseph Stalin. So it was like, who invented the light bulb? You know, and the kid had nervously put the hand up. Well, was it Joseph Stalin? Yes, correct. You know, who who discovered penicillin? Was it Joseph Stalin? Yes, it was. It was our glorious leader. You know, they do this in all these countries. Riot games are like that. You know, Activision Blizzard is like that. They're all like that. You put your hand up you know who invented esports was it riot games in 2009 with the invention of Legends? yes that's right extra credit if you'd said mark merrill it's fine <laughs> who 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 invented uh mechanics to stop uh online abuse and insults in 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 a game because everyone's so fucking soft as shit now the mute button isn't enough was it, was it Jeffrey Lightlin? Yes, yes,
1: correct. Riot Games, they did oh, it again. I've even yeah, just realised. I've just realised here's, here's all you need to know, guys. This is how Riot would actually successfully spin all the fucked up stuff that just happened to women in their company. You do it like this. You just come out with an announcement riot to lead the industry as first ever company to hire expansive and inclusive diversity department who will literally monitor all of their workers on a daily basis all communications and calls to and from said worker will be monitored to check that they have in fact the prescribed understand like they would sell it as a, just a positive whatever they brought in to fix their own Mate, problem you you they've yeah. done that they did it yesterday no that's what I'm implying like they they you spin it into a positive that you ever had to bring that shit yeah, no, no 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 they literally did
0: though they 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 literally did uh cuz there was this Netflix thing uh that came out and um it was talking about how fucked up the games industry is okay. it's like yeah if only there was some sort of fourth estate uh in in the games industry like i don't know some journalists or something that could be writing about the fucked up shit companies do instead of saying oh, huh, look th- th- this gamer said a bad word Um, let's write 500 think pieces about how the consumers are bad. Let's not actually hold these multi-million, billion-dollar corporations to account that are anti-consumer, that are systemically we don't, we don't sexist, racist, because at the end of the day, I want to be able to go to fucking E3 and gaming conventions and get a Widow t-shirt and take a picture of me and put it on my Twitter and pretend I'm a fucking journalist for five minutes. These people are fucking slime. There is a fucking cancer at the heart of the games industry, right? And I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it is. It started out where the games industry was so fucking small and so fucking niche that no one paid any attention and as more and more money came in they all looked around and went hey wait remember how wall street used to be like in the 80s where everyone could get away with anything because no one knew anything about it and the media didn't report it and the banks was just a fucking global criminal conspiracy and the stock market was in on it and everyone was shorting everyone else and it was just all bullshit, it was just all numbers flying around. But because people were dumb and journalists weren't paying attention and the government were kind of in on it and taking backhanders, we got to fuck everybody up. We got to fuck everybody up and make a, a ton of money and do whatever depraved shit we wanted to do because at the end of the day, we were deemed essential to society. Well, shit, we're like that now. No one really knows what's going on over here in the games industry. Why don't we bring back the good old days of frat bros, of of, of fraternities running tech companies? And it happened, and it went it went on in not just games companies. Obviously, it went on in, in big tech across Silicon Valley worldwide. And then the journalists, you know, that were sort of writing about it were like, well, you know what? I don't really want to do what I want to do because around about the same time, you have the whole blogosphere breakout, right? Anybody can self-publish. Uh, anybody can even monetize self published. People can make a name for themselves with no formal training. So then what they start doing is thinking, well, I don't really want to be over here. This is nice and everything. I get a little bit of attention, a little bit. I'd much rather be over there with those guys having the wild parties and everything. So what I'll do is I'll run cover covering fire for them for a period of fucking years in the hope that one day I get to hang out at the cool parties. And of course, they do the quid pro quo. And that was going on for years. That was going on for fucking years. Everyone knows it. Game reviews that are absolute bullshit and bear no fucking resemblance to anything. IGN gives every game a fucking nine. What what do you think is going on over there? Do you think they objectively think every game is nine out of ten? Do you believe that? No, it's fucking cahoots. It's cahoots, you fucking morons. So these companies have been able to get away with everything, and then just when you thought, hey, maybe the journalists are ready to do some fucking work, nah, we're not going to do that, actually. What we're going to do is we are going to say that every problem ever in the games industry is caused by the gamers, the people that buy the fucking games. Think about that for a second. It's not the companies that won't let their workers unionize. It's not the companies that are systemic, systemically sexist, won't promote women into positions. It's not the fucking... Uh, it's not the journalists that objectively lie and run covering fire for these pieces of shit company. It's not the predatory consumer practices. It's not, it's not introducing gambling mechanics for children. None of these things are bad, guys. None of these things are bad. It's you. It's you. And we've ignored it. And now the tumor is so big, it cannot possibly be excised. The tumor is bigger than the body that holds the tumor. That's what's happened because journalists didn't do their job. So, you're absolutely on point by the way because Riot Games literally tried to sell their fucking sexism uh, as a positive that they, they they put a statement out the other day. It, it is mind-blowing talking about how the diversity in, uh, inclusive officer and they deliberately did it after the Netflix thing came out. And uh, they literally did it the next day. Quick drop the prepared statement, make a hero gay, we're fine. You know, one of those, like, just cynical bullshit that these companies do. And what, uh, you should just read it. It it reads like just some, the, the cultish element to Riot is still there. You know, what they've done now is to try and make up Uh, For the for the supposed problems within the company what they've done now is they're now giving rioters different labels and names depending on what marginalized group they belong to which to me which to me kind of seems like oh I don't know like it's likely to exacerbate the problem but now like you right this is no joke if you are a a black or african-american person working at riots you can sign up to a group called riot noir. That's no joke. That's real. The Diversity and Inclusion Officer said that.
1: I can't, if, you, if, you, I can't, if you're part I, of the LGBTQ actually, community, you can join the Rainbow Rioters. Let me a second. Let me just process this a second. Someone whose job is mm-hmm. essentially including the word inclusivity, mm-hmm, is going mm-hmm. to set up explicitly exclusive groups yes. along mm-hmm. racial and sexual boundaries in 2019 it, to solve problems of Division between people along racial and sexual lines. Right, I think yep. I've got it all. I'm just gonna go blow my own brains out. And uh, sure, <laughs> so I can. You know. See you. I don't blame you it's all. Right, I'm right
0: behind you, Duncan. Right behind you. Keep keep a bullet in the chamber for me afterwards. Right. No, listen. I'll read it to you. We created platforms to connect, leverage, and engage rioters, and we launched rioter identity groups, RIGs. <laughs> right these groups will not only foster a sense of belonging and community among rioters they will also provide us with perspectives and insights on challenges and opportunities for diversity and inclusion and it includes riot noir the rainbow rioters there's a group for veterans there's just a group called filipinos at riot like they couldn't even be asked to think of a name that was like fucking culturally relevant this is they put this out they thought this sounded good <laughs> And nobody said, hang on a minute, like, you know, I might be a fucking shitlord. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, they have literally tried to make it sound like it's a positive. No one talks about these things. No, no one talks about these things. The, the games industry is absolutely fucked from the ground up. Imagine one
1: day if Riot is like sort of Amazon where they're getting so big, you know, eventually they'll have their own cities that are just Amazon cities and they'll run everything with it for their employees, you know. I don't want to wake up one day and come along and sit and hear like fucking John Snow like. And of course, day four of shelling from the Riot Filipinos in gaming (laughs) as the heavy resistance backlash from the Noir group is spreading. Through the south south areas of the town, <laughs> I know it's so
0: exactly. <laughs> Like if you, yeah, exactly. If you've ever read uh, Ballard's High Rise, right? Like. Something like that. Anyway, that's a that's a huge deviation from what we're talking about, I, I can't remember what the fuck we got on with. But um... it was originally
1: about the blast uh, and the promises that they'd told. The <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just what I'm just saying
0: is these these companies. You have to understand, it's just towering hubris, corporate anyway, culture, I thought, which is an I oxymoron. To,
1: aside, I thought we could take it into that would be interesting. Is though, the part that I would love to know, and if you're an investigative journalist out there, this is a story. If you can get anything close, remember you'd, all you only need is anonymous sources as long as they're legit. Shit, you can do this story all you need to find out is that at least one team was told by riot that uh, not Riot refresh may as well fucking be riot refresh <laughs> that that they are in um except the difference is, i'd like it if riot was fucking based in denmark what a brilliant set of laws they have with all the shit's public that's amazing mm. so I'll you give props to denmark the country what a great society they fucking have there but um the fact that they remember Presumably, like if think about it, Richard, if you've done a business deal with someone where you gave someone a yeah. contract and it contained within it details of financial remuneration in exchange for what they do for you, presumably mm-hmm. it must have said something like attend X amount of events. Of those mm-hmm. events, remember even though they claimed as a lie, explicitly a lie, impossible logistically, that you chose the events you go to. Couldn't happen. Impossible. Seven teams could not pick the events. There aren't enough events. But let's imagine their world. Well, then I have to have had the choice of the answer. So what happens, for example, if I was one of the teams that chose to skip one of those earlier blasts, and then all of a sudden I was going to go to the last two blasts, mate? What? There's only one blast left? Now, what happens? Do I just get less money? Which is very likely what the contract would say about yeah. That. So there we yeah. go. I've signed up to your league. I've, t- I've sat there silently while everyone abused you and and by proxy me because as you saw, some fans would always take it that way on Reddit. There were the fans... I never told them to do this, but there was always the fans that were like, you know what? And fuck Blast. And in fact, fuck Australis because they must know this is all going on and then they've signed up to it. And I always said like... Come on, man! Like it's not quite that that obvious. Like I, don't, I, I don't. They knew very much of the details of it. I imagine they just had their people who obviously are ahead people in refresh. Just tell them nice things, a bunch of platitudes of like, "Oh, it's great what we're trying to accomplish for esports, and we're going to push the field for." You know, they didn't know hmm. really what the circuit was going to be. As we've discussed here, unlikely refresh did. They're making half of this shit up by the seat yeah. Well, time they're time. definitely
0: making it up as they go along, and it's very self-evident, right? I mean, because. It's just the easiest thing in the world to just have a tour with stops and just dates and you just put some fucking. It would never benefit
1: you. Literally, if you know anything about the industry, it would never benefit you if you really had all the dates locked in and planned and the stadiums and everything to not have the tickets on sale yeah. as soon as possible, have the dates announced as soon as possible. Remember, if these teams are choosing events, they need to have known ages ago whether they turned down this event or not. And be yeah. I'm talking three, four months at least. So look,
0: let, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Let's get into the QB fire story. Uh, that's this is a great one because what, yeah. no one else has
1: picked this one up, Richard. The angle that no one's taken on this, which I'll get to in a minute, is remember everyone before telling us not to be worried about FURIA? Yeah? yeah, The words they said are almost the fucking same. The words these two companies said are almost the same like we are friends with our owner our owner would yeah. never fuck us we don't yeah. even need contracts like it's unbelievable the way the similarity in the words and then yet again it's a small org that has a team better than they should who are primed to fuck them so like this story coming out was was perfect it was absolutely perfect
0: yeah well listen I, you know look i i think um just to give everybody the cliff notes in case you know I've been following it uh while after we did the nip story when we did the interview with fifth Lauren. Uh, Boomich, um came out and basically said he'd had $95,000 stolen during his time uh, with QB Fire, which sounds really sensationalist on the top. But when you when you consider that he was given some of that money back when they moved uh, when they moved teams. I believe to was it Windstrike? Yes. Uh, There was there was a negotiation there where basically some of that money was going to get paid to the players from that organization. Basically,
1: you know, instead of a transfer fee, just pay what we owe them or something like that, right? Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, that was all kind of covered, but it wasn't for the full amount. Um, And then what happened was the the manager that was wasn't named by Boomich, and I actually messaged Boomich. And he was like, listen, and, and trust me, when we're talking about people in Russia stealing your money, you know, just just don't. Um, but obviously, he was like, listen, you know, it's I'm not even going to name the guy, not even in a DM. You know, obviously, we all figured out who it was, but he said, like, as far as he's concerned, it's just one of those things he was willing to take on the chin and probably shouldn't have tweeted about it but you know he wanted to show he wanted to explain that it's a problem that's facing the players you know we had a nice conversation about his english is very good actually um he seems a good kid but um yeah the bottom line is you know this manager then goes on to HLTV does the usual oh it's all over exaggerated it's all lies you know i wouldn't steal money actually what happened was the players came back from the major With crazy ideas in their head of getting their market value, crazy ideas, Um, and we decided that, you know, we had to withhold their salary because we were going to pay them the original agreed salary, which was a literal pittance, and we held back the uh, modest salary that they asked for. Uh, so yeah, that was pr- pretty much the situation. And they was going so it wasn't theft. We just didn't pay the money that they wanted. And so, which of course turned out to be a barefaced lie.
1: I love the way one of the go-to <coughs> moves that business people have at esports is just semantic war. You just change oh, of the course. Words. Yeah, my favorite the one word, ever. So. I'll never ever be able to get over this one. Was when that that famous one in Lee. I mean, it was only technically vaguely connected to Lee, it was just the orgs, when G2 founder Jens Hilger made that loan to Fnatic where one of the conditions was that if Fnatic defaulted on the loan, he would then just yep. own Fnatic. The famous yep. wording that I believe Riot themselves used when they said that they'd stop this from happening was that there was mm-hmm. no problem because they had reversed the loan. No such thing. That's a term that doesn't <laughs> exist. Like yeah. that's a nonsense term. If How could you reverse it? Either I gave you the money or yeah, I didn't. If you pay yeah. me the money back, that's just paying off the loan. That's not reversing <laughs> yeah. anything at all. That's nonsense.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Your honour, I just reversed the law.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got your no mind. Ta- n- no takesy you back, <laughs> uh, So anyway, DK did a report over on Deserto, uh, basically breaking down where the money went, uh, asking uh, the right kind of questions, and it turned weird because if he's going to make up all his, is... his stories, I wouldn't make up. I know,
1: shit little of orgs that are not even going to have that big of a pop.
0: Yeah, it's, oh, it's crazy. It's actually crazy. Uh, so, I mean, look, you know, and, and then hot on the heels of this, there was the Epsilon story. If anyone thought Epsilon was fucking legit, I I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, Epsilon have been running on fucking fumes for I don't know how many It almost years.
1: goes without saying. When you see an org like Epsilon, my first assumption is they steal from Peter to pay Paul. Like, they obviously... All never the time. Gonna have the money, yeah. You're never going to have the money to run an org at the level they're at. And, and, they're, yeah, just, and not, they're just surviving every time. And
0: not just robbing Peter to pay Paul. What they do is they, te- they, they are constantly scouting for talent yeah. and they just hope they get lucky so they can just cream your fucking prize money that's it get you to an event you didn't read the small print in your contract we take fifty thousand uh, dollars you know of the of the sixty thousand dollars that you fucking owned and now that covers all the expenses we've accrued over the three months and we get to keep on living being a wretched servile terrible organization uh for a few more months we keep the lights on it's like well, what's the long-term plan here guys you've been around for fucking what like 12 years like what what is how do you live like that like just call it a day so uh, yeah i think uh, i don't think anyone should be surprised like i mean listen people are always talking about all the money that's coming in the reality is you know the fucking money that's coming in it just goes to the top there is no trickle down economics in esports you're a mid-tier organization you don't get the sponsors you don't have a business plan you don't sell merch you know you don't have a product so how do you how do you make how do you make money yeah you need your
1: team to get through the online qualifier you need your team to Get the, the <laughs> yeah. offer for an invite for a small Drew I open when the big team drops out. What day before? You need all these, you need a million lucky things to happen. So, as a result, it's like I made a video about this ages ago, Rich. I think it was maybe like a year and a half ago. I made this video where the whole premise, I think the title of the video was even Bad Dogs Will Always Exist. And the mm. explanation I give in it is just like bad agents in Hollywood and in the music industry, yep. there will always be a guy at the bottom. He's even necessary, by the way, because the point is, since he himself plans to scout like rip off and fuck over whatever talent he picks up. As a result, he is much more willing to gamble on less obvious talent. That's how some people get through the door. So what happens is you've got, you can't get an offer from a proper agency. Otherwise you wouldn't need to go to the scammer. So he's the only one that'll give you the offer. What he's basically gambling is this. If you end up being a complete bust, well, fair enough. He didn't spend much on you anyway. If you make it, then he's going to, for your first album or your first few movies, he's going to absolutely ream you out. Now, after that, We all know the way this business works. Some friend of yours will tell you how it really works. You'll either break your contract or you'll get out of your contract or you'll let your contract run through as, by the way, massive artists like Prince, et cetera, did at certain points in time. And then you'll just move to a new place and get a new deal. And it's just, unfortunately, it is a necessary evil of the business because in a business like ours where if you actually know the macroeconomics at the top, even some of the top teams aren't making money. So God, mm. how do you think the seventieth biggest org in the world is operating? Like it yep. had to be on the like not only within the margins, sometimes fucking sneakily pushing outside of them just to get away with it.
0: I mean, look, I'll I'll tell you a, a real life uh, story from outside of esports. Uh, again, people who follow the stream regularly will know I got a friend called uh, Gareth Wood. GJ Wood is his publishing name. He's he's probably the best living writer, certainly in the UK, but by some distance, uh, phenomenally talented guy. Uh, And anyway, you know, me and him have been plugging away for ages. I I gave up writing fiction because it was just like, although Overwatch fans will tell you that's not true because they're fucking morons. Um, But uh, you know, I, I gave up writing fiction, which is a much higher form of writing than than journalism ever is just because that, you know, I I couldn't really break through and and get into that. Right. So, um, but, but not him, he, he stuck at it. So we we were both writers. We met at university. We've been, we've been friends ever since. Uh, And he got, he got his first ever book publishing deal like a few years ago. And they basically said like, we'll give you this deal. It's whether it was with a small publisher, we'll give you three, a three book deal, a three book deal across, I don't know, like three years. And of course, you jump at the chance, right? Because it's like, fuck, we've always wanted to be a published uh, writer. Um, so he so he gets into it, and then he realizes that if he ever wants to leave, they they own the master rights to those books, so nobody else can ever reprint them. Nobody else can publish them. If they don't want to publish the book he turns in at the year, they're not obligated to. Yep. So.
1: Deleted if they want. Them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so what? What? He, what he realized was like, well, wait. A, he he submitted a uh, he submitted a, a novel. I, I think it was called The Malignant Man. It's about a guy. He goes to a he goes to a doctor, and he's he's um he's just diagnosed as being cancer, and he, the the treatment is to basically shrink him away to nothing, so he ceases to exist. And it's just talking about how just shit dystopian modern life is. It's 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 a hell of an upbeat read. Um, but they didn't want to publish it. They're like, this is a bit too downbeat for us. This wasn't really what we wanted to go with. Um, but he's like, this is like my fucking best book. Like, this is the shit. Like, you got to fucking get this out there. So then he's like, well, look, can I shop it around? And they go, oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely. He's like, you don't want to publish it. So in his contract, he had to buy back the rights to his own work. And so he's out of pocket <laughs> because, you know, he's not a bestseller. So he had to buy back his own books, his own master copies from the publisher. They made a profit on that deal. And now he's got to go back to shopping it around. Knowing that all the copies, of all the books that he had published originally have been pulled off the shelves. So, you
1: know, along these lines, people always say that classic line, which, by the way, shows no compassion whatsoever for the people involved. It goes like this Well, serves them right. Why'd you sign the deal? It's like, because they're desperate, you fucking idiot. They're (laughs) literally willing to take anything because there is nothing better. I know everyone out there who says that goes, I'd have gone to a lawyer. It's like, even going, I I even made this point to people. Even going to a lawyer when you're getting the shit contract with the organ that's going to fuck you you have you're nobody they're just gonna go i'm not gonna sign the deal with you there you go what your lawyer says is all bunkum i'll sign the other kid who doesn't have a fucking lawyer you moron you're all nobodies right now
0: yeah so you know it's it's just uh crazy to me that um you know people think all the problems with the organizations like
1: went away of course Especially, they didn't. Come on, man. Like, uh, if you had asked me to guess, mate, this is an org. Remember, before this team made the major, I'd never heard of a single one of these players. I don't think I'd ever seen one of them ever play Counter Strike. Oh, no. And I've watched not- what the top fucking 300 events ever held in CS, and they've never, ever been re- at one of them ever in any way relevant. I don't think I've even seen them in the past before that major. I don't think they were even at StarLadder's mate, who well, obviously, in theory, sometimes will give a lesser team from the region an in invite. I don't think I'd even seen them at one of those events. So if you had to guess which org was going to be shady, this would be on the top of your list.
0: I mean, yeah, and this is the other thing as well. Like, what happens is, and, and you'll see this recurring, like, this is what's going on with Tfue, effectively. It's going on at the highest levels of esports. You're the young talent with a, with a with a hope and a dream. You're the fucking Mighty Ducks, right? Or well, the Mighty Bleats in this fucking case. And you you desperately want to get to events, and that it's expensive to get to events, dudes. It's it's fucking expensive. An orgle offset that, send you to a cheap hotel, pay your fucking flights. So you're like, okay, fuck it, I'll do it. Then you start winning. So now what? Well, you expect a reward. But the organisation can't give you that because if they could, that's what you would have got going in at the start. So now it's promises, <laughs> and you've got to be like, okay, well, you know, we'll 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 get there. We'll give you a, a higher salary, two more events, please, you know. And all the while in the back of their mind, they're like, how how much longer can we tell the lie and spin the bullshit before we have to actually re-sign something that's binding? And then the money stops turning up, and you're like, well, hang on a fucking minute. We were meant to be getting a raised not not fucked in the ass and of course what that org is then doing is this is this is the phase you out part of the operation you have now become an expensive luxury you cannot be kept you must you you have to go and now we can't pay you that money because it has to go somewhere else because we we, we need another roll of the dice we need we need some more naive wide-eyed you know fucking oh yes please please this is so good this is a great opportunity it's an opportunity to get fucked. And that's what they do. And they it in every organization. Remember.
1: This is the reason why, if you're a pro player, I'm not going to call that it plays out specifically. By implication, I am. If you mm. get fucked, one of the main reasons you must come forward is not for yourself. Like if you want to be like, oh, but I might get fucked over. Yeah, you know, that's a personal consideration. But this is why you must do it. Because we all know in esports, the rep you build with the fuck org is why the next kid joins twice as hard. Like, mm. if you ask that next kid if he wants to join Quantum Bellator Fire, if I'm in the CIS region, well, yes, they even yeah. took an under underdeveloped Yeah, they to took an, an underdeveloped – Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Now
1: your story is even built into the one that fucks the next guy. That's why you've yeah. got to make your statement to the public that this isn't how it worked.
0: Yeah, and, and look, I'll, I'll give you another famous example because we can say this now because it's different management and everything. But uh, there was a period of time where um, when mouse sports – uh had like some pretty good uh, starcraft 2 players on the books um they stopped paying them and they stopped paying the cs team as well and why did they do that because they had to divert the money into the dota team because the dota team was in a good position to qualify for ti right. and they quickly cobbled together a contract where it's like hey if you get more than a million dollars in prize money we get 50 percent of it reasonable right <laughs> that's that's what I call the TI contract if anyone doesn't know about that if a small organization sends a team to TI 50% of that money is is going to the uh, org if they if they actually fluke it and win um there's a few of them going around uh, might have changed I haven't seen a Dota contract for about a year uh, but um you know that's what mouse sports did and I I had the starcraft 2 players which caused it back then that's when I was working the beat in that scene And they were all saying to me, like, yeah, we're not going to go public, though. They've been good to us up until this point. (laughs) You know, and it's like, yeah, but they've stopped paying you. They owe you six months of money. The social angle
1: is such a fucking trip on humans. Because if you can get someone to like someone socially, they will literally violate almost every moral principle they have otherwise. It's insane. Like, you'll even hear people making comments that's like, it's a shame I have to turn in this guy who's doing all this totally terrible, horrific stuff. You yeah. know, why is it a shame? Well, because you like him as a, because you are. And by the way, the worst thing about this is these aren't even like, you know, it's your brother or someone who's your lifelong friend. These are mm. people who went on three trips with you, stayed in the same hotel with you and sat eating a burger and said, I hope Barcelona wins this game. That's like the extent of your deep personal friendship that you're then willing to overlook all this criminal shit for. Come on, man. That's the hill you're going to die on
0: yeah yeah it's 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 crazy, dude um you know and and, and the the re, the reality is if you ever wonder why all like sources are anonymous and stuff, there isn't a more petulant, spiteful, petty industry than eSports probably. if a player goes public and says, "I'm owed money by this org, what happens first is the org goes on a press offensive, fucks their reputation by any means necessary. What's that? You've got some private DMs of them saying something unsavory? Let's put that out. Still doesn't alter the fact that you fucking owe them money, but let's talk about that instead. Don't have any leverage like that? Okay, we'll just call them barefaced liars to all of our fans. Uh, you know, well, okay, what's that now? Uh, they're they're going to sue us. We'll counter-sue them. We know we can't win, but it, again, it shifts the paradigm. It changes the conversation. They'll go to any lengths and so players know that and they know that going in and then now imagine you're owed money by these guys and there's a chance that it's coming in they keep promising you like in emails you know oh, i'll get get it to you next month we got we got a cash flow problem right now but next month so you don't say anything that month and then that month comes and goes and then they go oh but we'll get it to you next month we have got a new sponsor
1: also, and eventually, uh,
0: you, you hit wallet. three years. You hit three Remember, years. So the worst thing is like sometimes the they might guy. actually
1: drip feed you a little bit of the money. That's the yeah, worst oh, yeah, part that, then it'll it. keep the belief, yeah. won't it? Mm. Oh, except the other thing as well is – even in the moment they do, even sometimes they'll pay you the money they owe you. But I tell you what, when they pay you the money they owe you, look who else is in your rock who might be owed money. Because he's now probably the guy who's, now it's his turn to go for two years of this shit yeah. trying to get the money. So, like these people, in I won't say they're very clever. That would be massively overestimating them. I'll just say that compared to the absolutely naive, clueless kids they're working with, yeah, they seem like they're running circles around them because the kids have no game plan. They don't even know what the game is.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, look, the, the QB fire situation... I, the bottom line is, look, I'll just say this. Motherfucker took the money. So that's how that story obvious. ends. You don't you don't like opinion. it, fucking... I already got the Russian mob going after me, so, you know...
1: Because think about but, it. Bef- remember, before that major, Quentin Bellator fire, absolutely nobody. After that major... Remember famously, they did nothing between mm. two majors. Absolutely, fuck all. Go look on the HLTV.org page. You'll be astonished how little they did between. So this guy literally hit the absolute jackpot in context of who he was as an owner. So why is he going to give that money to his players? Like I said, he was gambling even after those fuckers. Why is he ever... uh, In fact, I bet he had some amazing thing where, because he just played online to him, I bet he barely had any expenses anyway. So when he gambles and wins big, think about it logically, right? If you, in fact, were a criminal, it's hypothetical, why would you give away the one big score you got to seem legit when you aren't legit, and the plan was never to be legit. This only is a problem if you people are naive enough to ever believe these orgs really ever thought they were going to be Cloud Nine. This Colin fire guy is very well aware he will never be Cloud Nine. So what he does is when he realizes he can't even get better than this, fuck it, I'll take the money now. Jokes on you. Why would I put it all back in and then leave bankrupt? Of course not.
0: And and listen, you know, there's a there's a broader problem, right? I mean, that there's nothing to compel them to be legit. Because as it says in the report, there's nobody body to like enforce contracts in Russia for
1: e-sports. this is where, even though again, I'm always fucking loath to in any way make a game developer <coughs> have power over people to some degree you would like it if you if you qualify for a major to have some basic agreement that with valve that says you have to pay whatever your particular percentages are, i don't know something to the players mm. Because at least the only thing I can think there is, like, with this org, it doesn't matter. They're never going to be in a major again. They never would be. But at least with one of those, like, semi-legit orgs that does have a future and wants to be in a major again, that might at least get them on side a little bit if they think they could be banned from a future major. Again, though, like yeah. I say, I'm always loath to put a damn Dev in that position because well, oh, if yeah, they're yeah. then the tyrant, like right? I don't know how they fucking would handle it
0: but you know like like say when he when he when he said in in the report you know that dk put out like there's just nothing enforcing contracts here no there isn't what are you gonna do <laughs> you know what i mean there's just nothing to you can't do anything the the players have no recourse
1: i'll try and you know. find this quote oh here it is it's because what happened is when this story came out by dk yesterday scrawny mm. who's the commentator who actually funny enough is actually asking mm. the blast events unrelated aspect yeah cool dude said uh, yeah he's good guys from Canada. Mm. He said, uh, he went and found back when the Bellator fire team, when they made top eight at the Boston Major, he went back to an interview and he found this quote. It said, Mm. we're friends with our organization. It's not just business. Our CEO is our friend. That's why we don't have contracts. He trusts us. We trust him. And as I said in my reply to him, like that is the classic MO of a manipulator. Of course, they get you on an emotional level. They make you believe they'd never fuck you. Therefore, you don't... What's crazy about these guys, I've seen it happen in esports. They Mm. will literally make a young guy feel as though he's being unreasonable and a disloyal friend for asking for an actual contract that states he will get what he has already promised, even though think it through logically. If you indeed plan to pay him all of that, why would it be a problem to put it in writing? As people who are legit always say... There's legit people I've worked with who've said, who have even said, I know you, we don't necessarily have to put this in writing and they'll go nah, but but just for both parties, safe, safety of mind. And you think, yeah, fair play. Actually, that shows you how legit that even though you in your this scenario probably don't benefit from doing it, you're just going to do it so we can not, there's no point us any down anywhere down the line worrying about it. we've all got it in writing, haven't we? So like this yeah. angle, and as I brought up before, this also becomes highly relevant in light of what just happened with the whole Furia thing, where it was almost the same fucking words coming out of that team's mouth about how they trust their organization, etc. As I've said to people before, orgs are not people. If you want to trust your CEO, that's one thing. He's a person. Maybe you have a relationship with him. There is no such thing as loyalty to an org. There's no such thing as loyalty to a team. These are made-up concepts that only exist on paper. And on paper, there are no rules whatsoever saying they can't fuck you unless you have literally put that down on paper in exactly the terms that you want. People have got to stop this nonsense of thinking you can be loyal to a team. That owner will... Remember, the owner himself usually doesn't even have financial culpability within the org. The org itself can go bankrupt and owe you all the money. This has happened in esports many times. And that owner could come back three years from now and start a new org and never ever have to pay which, anyone. And by the way, I made this point. Which many is times. what they do. Even though in esports, the old school always say to those people, pay back the debts that you owe. They have no legal obligation, absolutely none. So even mm. though I agree it would be nice if they did, that isn't business, mate. That's just if that's a that's a utopian view, world view that doesn't match up with business reality. I'm afraid. And in fact without going to fucking walk here that isn't a bug of the feature that is literally a feature of a bug of the system that is a feature of the system that people can start companies that isn't go bust because that's what all these people invest in want to do they want to start a million companies and the ones that fail you and everyone else in the company take the fucking hit they just roll off with the big salary and the money they made and start all over again of course it actually encourages that behavior
0: yeah, it, it's it's uh, you know it, it's the same old story. It's the same old story. I don't know if there's a solution to it long term. Probably not, except unfortunately. For, ex- except for people who get wise to it. But it's like we said, you know, if if you want the opportunity, you got to take the hit. Uh, right. Other news. Uh, God B. We'll get into the whole big stuff. Uh, God, but we'll start with this because I think it's uh, worthy of uh, just mentioning it in isolation. Obviously, Godby has uh, officially retired. Um, I think, you know, I I think the time is uh, is right uh, for him to do that. Uh, you know, I, I think for a while that, um, you know, there's been evident that, you know, he's had trouble keeping up in terms of fragging, but fantastic in-game leader. Undoubtedly one of the best ever across all versions of Counter-Strike. Um, but it looks like he's going to be moving to a coaching role uh, within the big organization, uh, obviously, I've known I've known Godby like many many years, as I'm sure you have as well. Even spent some time living with him uh, in America uh, when he was working on the NRG project. Uh, just a super cool dude. Um, I, I like I say, I, I think he's one of the best in game leaders that Counter Strike has spawned. Has always consistently had great tactical teams. People forget the era in one point six where uh, you know he won. IEM championships with that German team. I mean, that came so far out of left field. It, it's like one of the great stories in one, in one point six. That twenty fifteen Mouse sports lineup, which of course, obviously has the six tragedy. 2010. Uh, so sorry, twenty ten. Sorry, 2010. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking about when he moved to CSGO. My bad. Uh, the the twenty ten lineup, which obviously had the six tragedy around it, which was uh, you know when when um, you know I was like just. Probably the first big esports bereavement that any of us had gone through.
1: And by the um, way, for people who don't know, that's actually an interesting detail, probably that probably should be filled in, which is when that incident happened, right? The only reason that this is what's so bizarre about the way life can go sometimes, the actual hmm. plan that year. Was that like they'd never had this player called Roman, who individually was considered the best player in Germany. I know now you're supposed to say it's six just because people do that stupid thing where they confuse nostalgia with like their actual sentiment for a player. It was a debate between the two, but I personally considered this guy called Roman was like the the hard carry of the region. But famously, he always played in the second or third best German team. And I assume personally he must have had some sort of a like competitive beef with some of the mouse players because when they made the mouse super team for 2010 where they brought the roman guy in behind the scenes it was even implied like right some of them were thinking of retiring anyway so they thought fuck it let's do one last year let's make the super team everyone said we always should have made and then let's see if we can win a bunch of championships on the way out the door Mm -hmm. then tragically basically not almost halfway through this project because it was around early august or something six unfortunately died in that car accident And as a result, a project that already might have had a short lifespan in terms of the team, they basically all the players in the team were mad depressed. I think people like God B who knew him very closely were even heavily considering retiring. They didn't end up retiring. What they ended up doing is themselves going down a level in Germany. Like They went to the ESC org, which just meant they played in EPS still, you know, to keep their thing, their foot in the game. And every now and then, I think they could maybe play like a small international tournament. But the implication was we all fought in one by 6 That's We're never going to see God B again. Like him, Capio, yeah. all the people who were friends with 6 were going to move their way out their door. So actually CSGO and CSGO getting big because they obviously weren't like the the prime movers of the game at the beginning actually brought new life to God B's career and brought him back out of the shadows and to prominence again and he got to see it because otherwise like if that story ends in fucking like beginning of 2011 no one would even there wouldn't even be this announcement now there would be nothing else since then so to me everything that happened from 2011 onwards is a bonus and I could even make a case there's a really interesting what if story for what if that tragic scenario hadn't happened because what people forget is the most tragic detail of Six's death Is that if he hadn't have missed his flight he he would have never died i believe it was traveling home in the car where he died or the next morning going there or something so it's yeah what happened was he missed his flight and he was getting
0: a flight early in the morning and they were like behind schedule and and you know they were trying to make make up for time so
1: it's one of those ones that like there really is another universe where none of this happened
0: yeah oh totally um but you know look it's that mouse sports team was like the high point of german counter-strike sure You know, that's never been topped. Do you think about where German CS is now compared to it? Um, But his legacy, you know, exists in just other areas. Like you say, first of all, you know, some of the players that he developed in 1.6, you know, just phenomenal talent that, without God B being there never really replicated it in other teams. Um, Obviously, as well, you know, and Carrigan will tell you this, you know, Carrigan now, who we were always praising on the show for obvious reasons. Well, he said he learned in-game leadership from God B when they played in that um, 2015 sports or 2014 might even have been uh, lineup when they came together in CSGO. Um, And basically, Carrigan wasn't an in-game leader. And he studied and was working with God B, and when when he wanted to move on and create his own teams, he basically took his cues from God B, the way that he does the system, the way he implements things. Uh he's a little bit less authoritarian, but sure. you know, in, in general, the the systems that God B put in place uh were uh, were sort of, you know, what he wanted to emulate. And God B as a as a as a guy, super hard worker. I mean, I think people have this idea that just because he couldn't frag out, like he wasn't like deathmatching or, or whatever. Like when when I live with him, this guy would deathmatch for like way more than anyone else on the team. Way more. Uh, and then he would, all, on top of that, spend his evenings uh, with a hookah next to him. That's a hookah, Duncan, not a, not a hookah. A hookah. Um, you know, and just fucking, he'd be looking at every smoke. Like, he'd just be stood there, like, throwing it. Where does it land? <coughs> no clipping across. Little bit to the right, throwing it. Where does it land? You know, he, he'd discover, he would always have, like, a box of tricks. Like, you know, smokes, molotovs that other teams weren't using. Um, and he had, a, even this late in his career, had like a real yen for discovery, a real thirst for it. So it's, it's, it's a big loss overall, but the one thing I will say is, out of all of the kind of uh, in-game leaders that have talked about transitioning towards being a, a coach, or those who have actually done it, I think Gobi is is the guy who's going to be like the most successful.
1: First way, I'll give you a little, a very brief anecdote. I won't give the details of it because actually like I was told this in confidence. I don't want to explain the scenario, but basically from God B and others within the big team, they told a a story to me and Lopez when we were at CS summit about something they did within their team as a specific type of communication for when something would happen in the game that I have never heard anyone even describe this concept but if you knew the concept it is absolute genius, like it, it solves literally what is a basic communication problem in a very simple way, but literally no one has ever thought of this. And by the way, if people haven't understood the context of why I mentioned the story like that, Lopez was a top 1.6 in game leader. Like if this was something commonplace, he would have known it. He would have employed, even he, when he heard this was like, how didn't the rest of us ever think of that though that's fucking yeah. amazing like like this like that's the level that some of these people were thinking on like the whole point is the thing i actually love about the old school is it's hard now to know unless you get to know them on a very deep personal level who are the legit people who are the people who love cs for cs not because if you're a top cs go player you get lots of money and fame and all the rest of it you know like the good thing about the old school days was you wouldn't be around you wouldn't be killing yourself to get 20k in a year like no one was that's never the motivating factor so luckily the people back then who did spend fucking 10,000 hours in a server just running strats and looking at fucking shitty demos of their opponent they were people who really were the pioneers and actually had some sort of deep love or passion for the game and they didn't have to prove any of it because they, their life shows it they don't have to tell you about any of that shit
0: yeah so i mean like a super cool guy uh obviously don't do events anymore so don't see him as much uh, but um, definitely someone that's made like just a stellar contribution to the game. Uh, definitely deserves to be remembered as one of the best, like you know, future Hall of Famer type, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, and like you're saying, obviously not over. Um, you know, you're still going to see him around. It's just going to be in a coaching capacity, which I think he'll have a natural aptitude for. So very, uh, very interested to see where that goes. So we can move on and talk about big. Uh, there's lots to sort of break down with the big move because what they did was. Gobby obviously goes out, retires. Uh, next comes back off the bench for the millionth time, but crucially they bring Smooya back. Um, so and Tabson's going to be the in-game leader moving forward, but that will most likely be augmented from support by, you know, Gobby being a supporting role as a coach. Nice. So Dennis moves to the bench. Let's start with Dennis, right? Because we bang on him all the time on the show. I I don't think he's a tier one player, but I will say this. The way Big have sort of treated him here, when this move was clearly always on the cards and it had been alluded to for a long time that Smooie was coming back and Gobby was going to move to coach, they they disrupt Sprout by taking Dennis because Dennis isn't going to say no to will move to Big, Of course right? Because obviously if he starts playing really well, you know, which was never going to happen, but if but if it did, you know, you've got to take the chance, right? Like the whole when
1: pull is what keeps you going if you're at his level.
0: Yeah, exactly. So he fucking does that uh and 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 they immediately it was like it was just a a fill-in job basically like he was just a stand-in he was just a warm-up act and they they put him in and then drop him and now he's benched again and it's like you know he probably can't go back to sprout he might have burned his bridges oh it's it's time
1: here's the sad thing when he was in sprout like, I wasn't a big fan, but he was one of the yeah. players people said, look, you sort of turned his career around. They're not mm. a bad team. You know, they come close. Like if anything, your narrative, the rep around you was starting to get re- redeemed. What they did in this team was what I hate, which is you basically absolutely fucked a guy because what you did is you gave him a yeah. job he couldn't possibly do. Then when yeah. he failed, you just left him for the world to see. And even you officially reject him for that failure. It's like, yeah. well, that, that's like fucking cruel and unusual punishment.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I got to say, like, you know, I I really feel for him. I don't know what happens now. Maybe he can go back to Sprout. Maybe that was the deal all along. Who really knows? But, But it's like you say, it's like, hey, we're bringing in this player to do a job that, like, you know, he needs to completely reinvent his play style. It's like, what the fuck are we talking about here? It's Dennis. It's fucking Dennis, for fuck's sake. Um... You know, like the idea he's going to suddenly be able to pull this shit out and be like, it's ridiculous, it's absurd. And, you know,
1: uh, yeah. I it, even it, think it, another it, angle you can throw in as well, mm-hmm. right? I actually think, this will sound weird, but I'll actually give a little peace branch to the big org in this regard. I mm-hmm. do think the expectations of big, now they've set them themselves, but they are, in terms of pragmatic terms, very unreasonable. Because there is only two... Reason well, three there are three reasons anyone in the world who isn't from Germany gives a fuck about big, and they go like this: God be number one, they have a legendary mm-hmm. in-game leader who yep. has lowered himself to play for their team. Make no mm-hmm. mistake. At any point in time in the last three years, including when he was with R.G., he had better offers, could have been a way better teams. If he wanted to be a coach, could have been on the top teams in the whole world. This guy yep. could have been on a fierce clan. Maybe even as a player, who the fuck knows, depending on where things could have gone over the last mm-hmm. few years. He lowered himself to work for this team. That made them relevant. Then mm-hmm. they got a similar deal from Tabson. One of the best players in the world, like even at, at, at his... Uh, his best, I might not have had him as like a top five player, but he might have been a top 10 player at one point in time. I would say a conservative, at least top 20, top 30, had a lot of carry potential. Again, lowering himself to play for your team because he wants to play with God B. You've got two massive fucking steals here. Then yeah. the third reason is Smuja, obviously, because he's a talented person, but obviously is in equal and uh, equal part counterbalanced by his fucked up young personality that hasn't yet fully developed and he's made his mistakes. So you've gotten these three mega steals that made your team relevant. And out the back of that, you got to the final of a big tournament. Cool. Mm. The problem is if you look at the people they've brought into the team before that, since then, and who's ever been linked by rumor, when have you ever heard of a big team player being linked with this team? Never happened. When have you ever seen a big team player join this team? Never happened. When have you ever seen them sell a player to a big team? Never happened, they literally only had the things I was talking about. Beyond that, the players they're even looking at are the German players. Loss, they Turkish don't even players, get,
0: obviously with Zantara's they're not in. even
1: in position, it would appear, to get the imperial type players of the world, like the, the high name mm. FPL type fraggers that everyone wants. Those are the like, look at what Carrigan just did a Mouse, they're the players you yep. restock your team with. They don't, they're not even on the market to get an Oscar when he's coming back from like. The actual position this org's in. Now, true, a lot of it, I understand. You don't want to admit that things are bad and that transparent because it's esports. We're all lying. We're all selling the lie that we're bigger than we are. And if all my rivals are selling the bigger than I are lie, I want to parlay the fact I was in the big international final at Cologne into making out like I'm a big org. But I do think, like... You often, it's unrealistic to expect they were going to sign anyone good. Like, they were never going to sign oh. big players. So, for me, yeah. it was always about making those three players stay in the team, work together, and maybe you could do something from that. So, I'll I'll say that. It, like, I, I don't judge the org too harshly in that regard. I, don't, I think they were somewhat pitted into a corner financially.
0: Yeah, and and I, I agree with that. You know, I, I think, um you know, the way they try and sell it is that they want to focus on, like, German talent. It's a clever angle to you know, take. Yeah, it's like but what what's this time again? Berlin, Berlin International Gaming, I think. In, yeah, which isn't that like an oxymoron? Or am I am I being dumb?
1: It's funny put out there. Yeah,
0: it's Ber- it's Berlin, <laughs> but it's international. But we're focusing on German talent. Okay, cool, glad, cool. Uh, anyway, um, you know, so look, they they've already I guess they're international because the Rat King's there. But um, but look, at the end of the day, like the whole the whole thing about Smoove coming back, you know, it just underlines. Just how fucking dumb he was. You know, how dumb the team was. But mostly him. You know, because it was... Like, since they've come back, you know, I, I, I caught a couple of games the other night. I think they were playing a Vanga. And, um, you know, at the, end of, at the end of the day, like, you, you can see he should never have gone away. Like, he's still one of the most talented players on that roster. He's still a player that's capable of winning games by himself.
1: I'll, I'll speculate here. This is pure mm. speculation. I'm not basing this on any private conversations. Okay. I I think that what they were trying to do cuz the thing like as I've mentioned before Big wasn't on anyone's radar before Cologne, but they were a team that existed. They went to tournaments, and even then, when Smoothie was on their team initially, there were already these rumours behind the scenes. He might have a rocky time, and he might be out the team. So as far as I can tell, the entire time smoothie' has been in Big, there have been these issues, and they have seen him as someone who doesn't quite fit the mould, as we saw with that whole thing with that locker guy. They have a very intense fucking relationship inside that team. Like the whole principle is like a, a military unit, you obey their commands and the people yep. who are above you, or else. So Smooie as a person just isn't that kind of guy. You know, he's got his own perspective. He wants to do his own things. To me, I actually think because listen, I'm not, I'm not going to degrade my belief in the knowledge of God being Tabson's to understand the game. To think they really thought Smooie was a better support player and that he should not use the off that doesn't make any sense to me. So to me, I saw this as some kind of a fucked up like hoop that they were going to make him jump through to humble him a bit when he had to play a role that doesn't suit him. And then eventually they would have given him the all back as kind of like a, a gift to show that he's earned his way back, you know, some kind of like prodigal son type cycle, you know, the problem is with Smooya, that was never going to work. He's someone where at least to that point in his career, if you, if you fuck with him, he's going to act out even more, isn't he? He's going to do the ridiculous thing as he did, where he did the one thing they couldn't afford to happen. He pulled the fucking auto-destruct, the self-destruct, leather yeah. right before the major and thought wait well you know what if i'm going down everyone goes down with me it's like that That's the last thing you want because again as i said they couldn't get anyone better than smooly so they need they need both both the parties need each other they just didn't understand it fully it seems
0: yeah it, it was it was a real fucking strange one f- for me because I, I still to this day i'll never understand why he did it because you know you think about the timing like i just want to go to a major kill it at the major Get a fucking, you know, get my sticker money, right? You know, can you imagine a, a Smooya fucking sticker with a little rat with a little crown on it? Y- you know, like you're gonna sell money By the I, I way, don't have a...
1: If I, if yeah. I were you, Smooya, no joke. If you ever get a sticker, put that on it. You would actually make money. I would embrace this whole persona. Now I get it. Oh, well, he's the he, rat king. He, not had really a
0: nice sti- he, he has had a. Oh no, you're right. He hasn't, has he? yeah what? no is he not did played at a
1: major oh he's played at majors, but did he, he yeah put i
0: think he on. had a sticker yeah i think he's got one out he should there, put the rat is... king on it yeah oh he definitely make should make it your whole beam just as an aside as well i saw uh, i saw the dream yeah there you go he's got two stickers uh, i thought so um but yeah he should definitely embrace the rat king thing but uh, but uh, just as an aside as well just to put someone else in in the, the dick stacy sort of hall of, of shame go. right of trying to sneak stupid things in, in 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 signatures did you see the dream eaters uh, Sivat? come on show this well so what he did is
1: crazy to me that someone from eastern europe who isn't intensely connected sort of into a north american social so what he, what, he, what he what he did is... how we do things yeah so what Subat did is oh, in the middle of his signature. This is even yeah. worse. The eSports is getting tortured over fucking identity politics you're putting the word bitch in your fucking sticker. Are you mentally yeah. ill?
0: Yeah, it's mental, isn't what it, fuck right? Is this? Yeah, right. And like of course yeah, all, 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 so I just wanted to show I'm consistent in my opinion because everyone's like, "Oh, you just hate Dick Stacey." Like, he doesn't even have a fucking personality. He's just a walking soundboard that occasionally says, "Hey, penis." Like, he's a fucking, you know, he's a smear. I don't even know who the fuck he is, but I, I just know all the stuff he does is stupid. Um, and uh, anyway, this is this is like you say, it's completely ridiculous. Like, you submit your stickers to Valve. You, you submit your stickers to Valve, and you put like the equivalent of like slut. Or bitch or something like, or, or, on on your signature, and then you send that into Valve, right? And all the incels are like going, "No, oh, I don't totally buy that. I don't totally buy that." It's like, yeah, but it's never going in the fucking game is because it? it's grossly offensive to uh, a, a large portion of the fucking Counter Strike audience. So Valve aren't going to sign off on it. There needs to be a new rule, Valve. If you, I know you watch the podcast, um, you all right, if players submit. A dumb fucking signature like this, right? Just tell them they can't have one in the game.
1: Oh, like, they get one, and it has to just be their name written in default Comic yeah, in Sans Comics, MS font. Oh
0: yeah, anymore. all, 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 all you Comic Sans and them. them, and it's that, be Comic off. Sans. Uh, that's, yeah, that's gonna, pretty good.
1: That's basically like the fucking whatever it is, like the what was that thing, the Scarlet Letter. That's what we. That's the equivalent yeah. of the Scarlet Letter in the modern generation. Right?
0: Because it, it's getting ridiculous now. It's like because what started to happen is all these shit players. All these shit semi-pro players—they think if I can sneak something vaguely controversial into the sticker again, fuck the big picture, but morons will buy it. Morons will buy it. Like you know, if I had if I had a sticker in the game, Duncan, it would just be Goatsy, just rend it. I don't even know where I'd fit in the O, but I would. I'd just have a Goatsy in the middle of it, and like, ah, look, look, ah. Goatsy, it's an old meme about a guy ripping his arsehole apart for no reason. Ah, ah, I'm buying that, and I'd be sat on my fucking pile of Goatsy money. Ah, you well, what you could would, do is you could. What's have wrong the, with everyone the, for fuck's sake? The E sake.
1: could be a stylized fist with the knuckles, and then the then the <laughs> I in Lewis yeah. could be like another one, but like a, a short like sort of And then the it's W a, is direction. just the absolutely reamed out arsehole just getting stretched. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but enough about Moses. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Uh, By the way, just to say, for anyone
1: who doesn't understand the distinction, obviously, I, as a personal person entity, don't have a problem with a joke that says the word bitch or says dick. But the point is, is it of course not to be inside the game that the fucking game developer is producing a special one-off exclusive item that, in theory, is supposed to last forever. No, this is the this is the entire point, right?
0: It's like first of all, it right because it's in the game forever. What you have to understand is, you know, you know how games journalism works, right? They're gonna discover that in two, three years and be outraged by it. So we're gonna be free and clear and like thinking, yep, yes, it's fine. We're allowed to be adults and mature and make adult jokes. No, Polygon's gonna discover it in three years, write a fucking hit piece about it. And then the and then Valve are going to have to react, right? Because every they're going to worry, get worried about a boycott or something. And then all the stickers get took out the game, and then we just lose history and and a revenue stream because of outrage culture. So it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that players are trying to do this. And there should be some form of punitive measures now because these shit players that are going to play at like one major. Right, you're gonna keep trying to sneak it in. Now, meanwhile, a little rat with a crown on—that's fine. Ideal.
1: That,
0: yeah, yeah, that's ideal. So I'm just telling you, Smoo, yeah. Um, but anyway, he, here's the question, Duncan: Do you do you think he's learned anything, or do you think he's gonna be the same old shabby cunt?
1: Smooie, yeah, you mean? <laughs> who else are we talking well, about? Yeah, I you were talking we're... about the
0: guy who just a sticker. No, 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 no. We can right. move on from that now. <laughs> no, nah, I'm talking about Sam. <laughs> do you think he's still gonna be doing? Pills?
1: <laughs> While we're well, we'll trying to do a show, that he's not really, he's more like the duck. he's more like a duck built platypus because <laughs> he's, he's a strange creature that shouldn't exist and is all yeah. about that beak. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that is sad for sure. Well-known feature of
1: is his, yeah. his beak. So, all yeah. right, true. I know, but uh, here's the thing to say: I, you know what, Richard, I'm about to make yeah. a huge mistake here. Something Smooth no, has never said at any point. Cue it's up like, the timestamp. I'll pull the I plug. Ha- I actually am willing to give a solid 60% chance that Smuja might have started to mature and become a reasonable human being. Oh, you've done it now. No, even then, me. I'm not giving 100% you notice. I, first yeah. of all, I do actually think he got humbled by this period where he didn't get the big offers from NA team. Like, I know he said, I've had offers from NA teams that like, yeah. Did you say big there? Did you say... Was it... Did you have offers from a team? You know, like, let me know who those teams were, yeah. homie. E because, United were really interested, guys. I mean, I'll just say this. swell patrol wouldn't stop ringing me. You have shown yourself as someone who, if they were big teams who'd offered you and you'd said no, you'd just go ahead and say the name. So, I don't know if you know. Yeah. I, I'm going to be doing this a lot throughout your career if you stay in esports. Like, figuring out all your bullshit and just putting it out there in front of everyone so that everyone could see the little basic parlor trick you're trying to, you're trying to do a three card Monty, and I'm just going. He just took the thing out under his hand. Then you're going to, Can you stop saying that though? Because it ruined my business and go, Yeah, but I'll fucking ruin your whole business. now get inside that box you live in, right? The, here's the move though, right? Is I actually do think that it humbled him a little bit. I always, I already think, believe it or not, from what I observed of him in big, I already saw it internally it looked like they were actually having a positive effect on him. They were sort of like making him be more of a teammate and be a bit less of an asshole. So I think this is the right move for both parties. I'll even throw in, by the way. To be fair, in his downtime, from the pictures I've seen in post, it looks like he's actually vaguely gotten in shape. He's dropped like that little gamer yeah. belly he had before. So fair play yeah. if he's somebody who's actually putting in some effort. I'll give him another chance. I'll even say as well, I don't know about this particular case, how much he said publicly, but I know unlike the KNGs of the world, to some degree, he has like I've already told the story on this show that he came up and apologized and basically he said, like, let's just fucking start over or whatever. So that's at least there's at least enough enough initial signs there. You tried to do that possible.
0: with me, but door was closed, Duncan. <laughs> I've told you I extend my hand. Exactly, once. yes. Yeah. Well I extend uh, you I extend it once. And if you slap it away, you <laughs> are forever the rat. So king.
1: listen, Smooya, you. will you just learn about maturity and <laughs> No, here's the thing, Richard. I've always said. I don't give a got, fuck. You've got to have your guilty pleasures in life. He'll outlive me. He's just exactly. gonna He's got. He's
0: to. He's to he's realize that, like you know, that was it. Bruce Lee. You said that to beat your opponent, you just
1: outlive them or something. I don't know. In that Maybe. case, Bruce Lee did lose to a lot of his opponents. Oh, massively. <laughs> what a pussy. That, that one came back to bite him. <laughs> what a massive pussy. Piece. I beat Bruce Obviously. Lee. Okay. I beat Bruce Lee. Think about yeah, you daft yeah. I just said, if you beat your opponents in Jeet Kune Do match, you are the winner. <laughs> yeah, don't go exactly. to staying alive, because you've then gone and yeah. had an absolute Hartsburg slash being killed by the CIA. <laughs> slash <laughs> slash. Someone, <laughs> slash, someone from a country I don't want to mention that if they did do it again I'm not saying they did, if they did I didn't do it so you make up the rest uh, of your mind I, just love I won't how go fucking, to prison I'm not, it's, bad, so indi- it. it's, so it's so ridiculous so, I'm not, that
0: we're at a point where you'll happily criticise the CIA <laughs> but not the other country. you can't and, talk about I'm like,
1: not going to fucking Langley tomorrow am
0: I like, I don't know about am that Langley? mate I keep, keep I might have to talking this, I might have to so Duncan late. what is the temperature of jet fuel
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you who know?
0: Who yeah, who knows? Who really knows? Uh anyway, fuck it. stamp all of that. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> um so yeah, anyway, no, I, I agree. Look, at the end of the day, people forget he's still a young <laughs> lad, right? Is he is he even 20 yet? I don't know, I'm still eating all the inappropriate jokes uh, I as a result of that. <laughs>
1: Um I think
0: is he like 20? Like, I mean, I that's, so. that's young as fuck these days. Right, here's the question. Soft, you know what I mean? If I yeah. say
1: this joke, we're gonna have to timestamp it. I don't think it's actually oh, that bad. Why do I, it then? No, because no, it's no why risk it like I'll, I'll type it been to been f- you. Tell, you tell me you, if it's, yeah, just if type this it is out too first, Duncan. Remember, just tell me the if this
0: deal. Okay, remember the deal. Let's have a look. The thing is as well, whenever you do this, it's mild as fuck always. It's the stuff you actually say that's worse. I don't <laughs> I, I, I don't really know it's, where you're going The thing with is, it's so
1: borderline enough, it's a good joke, but the problem is that yeah. it, it could be misinterpreted. Just, we'll just leave that all one. All right, we'll leave that one. It <laughs> <was good>. That's <laughs> all you need to know. It was good Listen, before. yeah, I'll credit you for thinking of all it. All right,
0: fair enough. I'll, there you go. <laughs> well done,
1: <laughs> But it's weird. That's if this me. was unfiltered 10 years ago, I'd have already said this joke about 10 oh, years Oh, I know. Ago. Yeah, exactly. That, and no one would give a fuck <laughs> either. Sadly, <laughs> people would have just thought, oh, it's probably just a stupid joke. Matter we'll of time before those VODs
0: get trolled, by the way. I can't, I can't wait for that to happen.
1: The real uh, joke uh, is it'll be Ozmas flagging Chan Man's VODs <laughs> <laughs> People who actually on the
0: shore. Exactly. Yep take it down jamman <laughs> uh right okay so uh wait i think there was was there like one other story after the big thing i want to talk about but who gives a fuck we're down in like 15 minutes and we got to do the questions oh, yeah. um i'm sure there was something i had there was a question oh yeah know. the big one what the fuck nearly forgot so it was just posted on dessert again by dk counter-strikes top reporter um head dk sources Starladder reconsidering talent lineup for Berlin CSGO major. And what this means is Um they are talking to three people, apparently. Um they're talking to some dude called Moses, a dude called Anders, and a dude called Thorin about potentially getting them to the major.
1: I believe it just technically says he's talking to some of them though. Does it actually say those three people are all being talked to?
0: uh let me i, think, let me I think he
1: just purposely keeps it vague
0: oh yeah a classic dk right like just vague <laughs> Not but... that it is dulcery, like... <laughs> yeah it says the three yeah. talent members originally expected to miss the major tournament randers uh, moses yeah. thorin and it is unclear at this time if any of the three of them will come uh, well but discussions discussions are ongoing duncan
1: i love discussions
0: yeah same <laughs> Come on, it ain't China. (laughs) Surely you can talk
1: about this, Uh, you mad I will just say this. Like, yeah, for some of those individuals reported on by DK, it sounds like there are positive signs on the horizon. And I think that actually some of those individuals, who may or may not be me, but again, may not be me, (laughs) something (laughs) might happen. (laughs) So... Uh, you know, if I had to, if I had to, if I wasn't me and I didn't know me or any of the stuff around me, I'd bet that there's a good chance I might be there. So, I mean, listen, I, I <laughs> just want to say, say, like, did I fucking know? I,
0: I just, I, 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 I think at least say, one, oh, one of those
1: people will definitely be there. There you go. There's,
0: there's a little leak for you. Well, at least well, one of them. L- listen, I, 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 I think. Um,
1: I think it I would do. be great if all three were. That would yeah,
0: cool. I, think if, I think if all three make it, uh, then obviously that's like a, a, a real good thing. Fucks up the No Majors Yeah, Club. I was
1: going to say, All right, they started looking at the roster for the No Majors Club, like, hang mm. on, mate, hang on. How many viewers are we going to get on the main? Yeah, because
0: the No Majors Club could have been like Moses, Anders, yeah, Thorin, they Vince. Could
1: have had a desk. Yeah. A fucking it listen, I'll, I'll credit you, it would have been brilliant. But I will be doing that Woody Harrelson crying with hundred dollar bills when, when, I, when oh, I
0: shed a tear for you guys. I can't be on the show. I, I've, I've I've said it, Duncan. Like at the end of the day, like I know how you're fucking wired, mate. It's fine. Like it's fine. Like it, it's like you be like, listen, i will buy
1: you a, a two extra whiskeys next time,
0: <laughs> mate. <laughs> the amount, of the, the round, the round disparity in this friendship is out of control. Actually,
1: make it up, yeah. Actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. Eventually. Uh, but anyway, like uh, you know, look. I, I, at the end of the day, the No Majors Club is something that we do as an alternative uh, for the community. I, at the end of the day, the Majors is the main event, yeah, and course. it should have the. I'd even the say as well, even though there.
1: even though it's a cool thing to do on the side, I don't think people yeah. realize. Like I'm joking here. We're not making big money off it or anything. We do it because we're not making any money. All either, the people really. involved with that show actually have passion for the counter-strike. They'll watch the major anyway, even if they're not working it. So if they do, they think fuck it, mezzal to do this show as well for fun.
0: Yeah, so it, it's interesting because... Um... Also, let's
1: be real. There'll be majors in Poland again, guys. I'll be back on the fucking show.
0: <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, yeah, Next thing you know, they'll have
1: one in fucking Brazil. I'll be right back on the show for a nice little streak of majors. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, you know, I can understand it. I, like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that classic thing where it's like uh, I'm going to take the credit for this because, um, you know, obviously there was a lot, there was a lot in play. Where first of all we would have had a stacked talent lineup. Second of all, obviously Scoots and Alchemist have got that studio going on. So you know we, we the, the, there was a potential that we could have like had us in a studio doing it. And I think Starlight looked at that and thought, if the fucking No Majors Club is actually better than the fucking major, that's bad. That <coughs> we could even we could even go below face it if we did that. So you're welcome, guys. Once again, Richard Lewis, the self. The selfless prince of esports.
1: <laughs> humble as well. So humble. <laughs> yeah, the selfless
0: prince of esports has basically manufactured a situation to get my boy's cheddar. You know, while obviously simultaneously turning down the event himself because he's just like that. Not a paranoid shut in or anything. It just makes sense. So listen, I, I hope it happens, dude. I'm fucking, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be psyched about yeah, that. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, right then. Do these questions get you out on time? Um, Right, so our patrons that support the show... Jerky's Minion, our top uh, patron, I believe, at the moment. Uh with Quake Champions adjusting its format. This is a Duncan question immediately. I can see. Uh with Quake Champions adjusting its format and competitive <laughs> play. Do you think it might rise up again as an esport? Not just at Quake contest? Please
1: so. don't use that term. So. Yeah, Every we've got to stop, we've <laughs> got to stop saying rise up. Yeah.
0: Incels, <laughs> arising up. Uh and the Vincels, of course, too. Uh so yeah, this is a question for you. I don't even know what the format change is.
1: Basically, one of the worst things about Quake champions is mm. that they pissed off all the actual Quake fans by making the game so that instead of it being like a 10 minute duel where you win mm. by having the most points at the end, it would be like uh, like you would have three champions. So you had like three lives and then you have three lives and I have three lives. And when my first champion kills yours, you have to go to one of your other champions in the game and you now have two lives. And then whoever gets the other one to no lives wins that game. So, as a result, in theory, it could be possible that that whole thing could end in like three frags, basically. So like it was a sh- it made it terrible. Whereas what they did is they just changed it so that now it's a ten minute duel again, like old school Quake. So even though the game itself is different from old Quake, at least it has a format that you remember and is familiar and allows comebacks and allows you to run up the score mm, and you know all right. the factors that you'd want in an, in a Quake game, basically. So the problem is that is the main thing I liked about the change. It made it made me able to watch QuakeCon and actually enjoy some of the matches and go, "This is something I recognize." The problem is it won't rise up as an eSport because there's a million factors behind how the developer interacts with the community. And the fact that I'd have to just go ahead and say it as an incredibly small community, it's not a game that's going to succeed. Like, if you notice, by the way, here's all you need to look at when it comes to id software games, Mm -hmm. right? When they bring out a new Doom game, everyone on your Twitter timeline will talk about how they love Doom because they are casual plebs. And Doom, at the end of the day, is just a nostalgia-based casual fragger. You just play it and you just shoot people in the game. It's mindless shooting. There's not a lot of real tactics and puzzles. It's made, That's what Doom is at its best at. Well, the problem is, yeah, that will always appeal to fans. Spoiler, that's how esports began because games like Doom just appeal to every casual player. The problem is from that, you then need the competitive side. And as I've often made the point, and this really is, unfortunately, the killer line that when you realise, you'll realise, why well, Quake will never be a big game again. The only reason... Quake was ever number one it's because there was only Quake at the time. I've always made this point. So as a result, I'm pretty sure if at the time Quake had existed, there was also Counter-Strike and Warcraft 3 and all the rest of it, I'm pretty sure some of the people already would have been playing Counter-Strike instead of Quake that were Quake players. So like, mm. it's unreasonable to think it could ever... Like, I don't think anything they do in the game could ever make it number one because for a start off, how could you get the basic player base that you need to play the game? So sadly, it's one of those ones where if it was up to me, yes, it'd be a massive game. I am one of those elitists who loves it as a game. Problem is... Just in terms of pragmatic business realities, I don't think it's possible. I think the best you can do now is have an, a cool, niche little quick community and service them as much as possible. And I don't know, if you ever got that big enough, maybe you could use crowdfunding and do something like that. But I don't think it can ever be like a premier esports title, basically.
0: A few months ago, I got some fucking stuff about, um, they were like trying to pin the players down, the competitive players, like some weird fucking exclusivity contract
1: bullshit. Yeah, they're in that now. It's called the Quake Pro League and you kind of, yeah. like it's like they're franchised players and you go to this set amount. The problem, the reason why it was worth it basically is because the, the scene was just fucking half dead otherwise. So yeah. it's all on those ones where, like, I'm sure there's probably some aspect to it that's a bit dodgy, but like, for example, one of the best players, believe it or not, in Quake Champions, Claus from Belarus, actually turned it down because he has a contract to play Apex Legends or something. Mm. So there's actually. Yeah, you can't play any there, other but,
0: games, even yeah. casually, I think it was, like on stream or whatever. And um there was like something in it as well, like you cannot criticize the game, not even the game balance public. Which is
1: hilarious because by the way, Quake being the original esport, y- yeah, it goes about it I- 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 on the main Quake site, everyone calls like literally the main guy who's the one the devs sinker I can't all the time. And because it's quake, yeah. we don't even remove the comment. <laughs> so it, it,
0: so it would, you know, that, that that was something so I I almost thought about getting back into you know, it because I used to run a European site when when it was Quake Live, you know, the browser one um but uh but yeah that's my involvement with quake anyway uh rekovic on steam how much alcohol is too much i'm guessing he's drinking um you know uh, to answer that seriously blood
1: alcohol level
0: well listen to 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 answer that seriously (laughs) the joke if you asked that question not enough (laughs) yeah right but i mean like you're not a you i don't think i've ever seen you drink to like Mad levels of excess. I
1: don't think it's I've ever seen I, like the carry carried to the room fucked up. First of all, I'm one of those people, to be fair, it, it seems to be actually a British working class problem. I'm one of those people who can always walk and go to my house and open the door with the key yeah. and put myself to bed, no matter what state. I mean, whatsoever. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I hadn't, I'd be dead many, many years ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> of course. I've, yeah. I've never understood the people who live in that world where people are taking them home in cars and putting them in baths and fucking giving them IVs. I'd look chance to be a fine thing, mate. But no, that's not a problem anyway. And then, secondly, there's the angle that I personally just in esports never did that anyway because I never mm-hmm. felt like I could trust people in esports. Like, the, especially yeah. nowadays, it wouldn't be as bad. But back in the day in the UK, especially, people were notorious for like ridiculous pranks, like fucking wiping your ass with a toothbrush or something. No, all sorts of ridiculous <laughs> shit. <laughs> Stuff that's like totally unreasonable, you know, taking pictures of you naked, like people do what with their nuts on your face, but you don't do anything so oh, i Arabian goggles. The, with, listen, that's outrageous. I'll be like the guy that. in the corner of the room laughing, thinking that's pretty fucked up. I'll never be the guy yeah. getting that happen to him. Put out that way.
0: Yeah, I mean for me, I'm trying to think like I've been I've been in some fucking states down the years, even at esports events, but I'm like you. You know how like sharks, you know, if they stop swimming they'll yeah. die i, I have just this, got that
1: survival instinct. Yeah, I going. got that
0: like weird, like atavist, you know, like atavistic fucking throwback, where it's like I, I, you know, I can fucking just power through and deal with it tomorrow. Like, so you know, I, I've never been in the, I've never been in such a bad state where someone's gonna be able to take advantage of me. But man, like internally screaming, oh, like of it would, would yeah. have been absolutely fucking out of it. Mm. But um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm not. Uh, not a big fan of vomiting i think if it gets but then again tactical <clears throat> chunder you know there's, there's there's a science to it the only way you find your limits is sort of by pushing them so everyone has that one fucking alcohol story where they did too much you know uh mine came at 12 <laughs> been been fine ever since uh right uh but pounder 420 out of all the current cs pros who could smoke the most <laughs> meth? <laughs> what is that i know it what is that?
1: Well, the joke is, I actually literally, back in the day, thought 6, about it, guys. I know pro players who did smoke meth. In the days <laughs> before Adderall was a the thing, there were players yeah. from the West Coast of America who basically used meth for what Adderall would now be used for, steel plater, have your reflexes beyond point, fucking wired so you can play for a day and a half or whatever. And so some of these players would come to the CPLs and just be awake for like three fucking days in a row. And obviously back then, listen, there was nothing approaching a governing body. You would step in and look in like You'd never know that shit. That You'd just see them in a BYOC at four in the morning. You'd go to bed. Then you'd see them there at 12, same clothes on. Then you'd see them next day. You're like, fucking hell, what's going on here? And all I can tell you is if they... it like Obviously don't take this as advice, but I can't lie. Some of them were fucking amazing at the game. (laughs) I know. turns
0: out it does tweak you um i, you know, I, I don't even know how to answer that because yeah, you, you know, know big guys big guys handle handle it uh w- worse like it, you know they get they get twitchy and you know the heart's cranked up higher than it should be so you probably just need a thin wiry guy uh one with no teeth do
1: we have any ones like that in cs Sort of like Steve Merchant in prison.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we need. The homeless Steve Merchant is is the ideal guy.
1: How but... many? How much?
0: I'll, how I'll much let the community can, decide. Can, how
1: much more? Uh, how much meth can you smoke? How many poles can I smoke? I give a mad <laughs> god, mate. My... Right, well. That's the
0: end of this. So time, time, we, 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 unfortunately, but hey. Pounder, <laughs> this entire segment's all time stabbed down. To be fair, uh, his name then, is Bot Pounder. Like, what does he? Expect? Oh my god, really? So, someone's given a full name. Hello. Oh, I've Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, we right. got
1: getting... That sounded like someone being, like, by the mafia no, being down the stairs. No, mate, no, we're,
0: we're getting, getting battered by a giant thunderstorm right now. The internet went out last night as well. We've had, like, rolling storms. So sign up to the to
1: Thunderdome
0: <laughs> at. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll get the last question before I get fucking kicked off Uh, so uh, Daniel uh, $50 says should should Minus Happy plus Alex be considered one of the best roster moves in Counter-Strike history? It took a team who was outside the top 20 globally at the beginning of 2019 and propelled them to an undisputed number 2 spot in the world has any other team in the history of Counter-Strike made such an explosive entrance in the scene? I mean I wouldn't go so far with the hyperbole to say it's the best roster move because it was very obvious. Happy had to go. He wasn't contributing sure. anything to the team. His star has faded. We all know, like he hasn't put the effort in as an in-game leader for for a, a, a long time. So it was an obvious move. And I don't think anybody could have fore you know foresaw Alex coming in and being an in-game leader. I mean, they I didn't. didn't. Enough yeah, said, right. <laughs> they themselves yeah, didn't. Which is a role that he hadn't really done because obviously he played in teams with existence at one point and then he started trying it when that team kind of went a bit awry and and then felt more and more comfortable and grew into the role. So it it, it is literally... It, it might end up being like the best IGL swap or whatever. I mean, Happy wasn't really an IGL towards the end either, if you, you know, because MBK yeah. and, and people like that had took over. So it might be remembered as that, but it was such a role of the dice. I don't believe anybody you know expected it to be like this it almost felt like a placeholder thing and then they went well fucking hell it works this is brilliant like i mean don't get me wrong the, the credit at the end of the year when we're giving out awards <coughs> the credit alex deserves for his development is is ridiculous i mean it, it you know what he's what he's achieved is outstanding um you know if there it's not an award we have but if there was ever like you know best new in-game leader or something like that hands down it's him um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's a little bit too hyperbolic, even though I understand why you're asking sure. the question. Got anything to add to that?
1: No, I would say similarly. The problem with that is like, yes, on paper, it was just the one move. But as you say, there were so many extra considerations and things that had to happen. And I mean, there's a world in which, if you look at the timing of how long he was in the team before he became the in-game leader, there's a world in which I could have seen them bringing him in. As you say, he ends up being a placeholder. He's then replaced by Kiyoshima or Kenny S or someone else, ex, someone like that. And as a result, he never would have even got his shot at being the in-game leader. I think that was probably a lucky accident as it were that ended up just being fortuitous for everyone yeah all right so that's what
0: we're going to wrap up the show another classic filler episode uh i hope you enjoyed it uh obviously shout out uh, to our patrons that made the podcast possible resurrected it from the dead uh, that's our hundred dollar patrons jerky's minion tetlef insomniac and rekabik on steam and our 50 dollar patrons ben Akagi, assassin but pounder 420 carve daniel sellers Eski Madsen, Marcus Kiumpa, Mike Feedme, Saad Sawar, TC Owens, and Tobias Bonasconi. Uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. That was By The Numbers, and we will see you next week.